Women's Mediation Station. Our guest tonight is Rasha Abdel Majid, and our topic is called Identity. Welcome to the program, Rasha. Hi, Craig. Hi. How are you doing? Very well. A little bit nervous. <laughs> Why? How come? What's going on? Um, Something else going on in your life? Not here tonight, right? <laughs> no, it's just, um, it's fascinating having uh, to see the operation. I listen to your show and I enjoy it. I think it's great. And I'm really happy that you extended the invitation. So now that you're here, you're you know, totally impressed it anyway. So you're saying, well, what the, what is it about this? That, so you're here. You're in the moment with us. I am indeed. And for the benefit of the, you know, the listeners, can, how about sharing some information about your professional background? Sure, I can do that. Um, I, I am a bit of a generalist. I've, um, I have um, almost 15 years of uh, professional experience under my belt. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mostly in international development. Uh, that was my passion. Uh, I have developed, uh, and it slowly morphed into uh, aspects of marketing and small business development, mm-hmm. uh, which is equally exciting. So, in terms of your your education part, mm-hmm. before you went into the professional world, what, what, anything about that? Yes, I um, I, uh, I had a bachelor's degree in ma- business management, mm-hmm. um, and. And then later on went on to specialize uh, in international relations, which has um, covered a lot of history, politics, um, economics. So what, you know, you've talked about international development. And, mm. You know, part of my focus, a major part, is community development, which is on a more local level. Yes. Development, you know, change. Mm-hmm positive change within community within an individual's life what uh, you know provided that you would gravitate towards international development why'd you focus there I've always been interested in uh, people and processes so uh, and there's a lot going on in the world and I thought what better way than to engage in processes of transformation and um, and being embedded with people and governments and and uh, communities. Mm-hmm. And how have you found your journey so far? Very enriching, very enriching. Okay. You always learn something when you meet with people, and it's um, it also helps with with your own personal growth, not just professionally speaking. Um, it's you strike up friendships, you strike up an, an understanding of the world around you, and it's it's constantly. Um, challenging mm-hmm. and stimulating so what are, what are the kinds of things that make you curious about in your life <laughs> well greg if you ask any of my my friends they'll tell you pretty much anything in life but uh, um i think my curiosity is driven by uh, the need to understand uh the need to to um, seek out answers, uh, focused on humanity, uh, how we've come to this stage right now, how we are, how, uh, what forces shaped or influenced to where we are now. Uh, so, so some of this comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, like. 
Uh, well, I, I try to trace um, the history of humanity, so to speak, through through um, independent studies, um, independent being my own initiative, of course, through uh, readings of science and religion, culture, philosophy, um, just an amalgamation of what has what happened um, and what is this knowledge that we have accumulated mm -hmm. uh, that got us here? So really what I'm searching for are, are um, connections. So connections to people, right. uh, connections to ideas, mm -hmm. and really connection to stories. And they're all intertwined in some way? They are, absolutely. Um, I think... If you look at how science and tools and and medicine and disease have shaped and influenced our lives, we've come to what we know right now and and how we've survived as human beings and and um, and the progress that has been made. And I think this is fascinating stuff, right? Like, yeah, um, it can be if you're a curious person right <laughs> otherwise you know life goes on goes by it happens if we don't continually check in mm. we've missed it hasn't been that connection it hasn't been necessarily meaningful yes yes i like the way you uh you uh phrased it connections i like connections i think that's what i what i strive for mm -hmm. so life is about you know constant changes that are going on we may not necessarily always be connected to them or aware. Mm -hmm. How do you deal generally with changes that happen within your life? Ah, this is interesting. And it actually draws up from a conversation not so long ago that we had um, with colleagues of the Conflict Resolution course. Um, Where we first met. <laughs> that is true. And um, it's a forum for a lot of uh, uh, debate and thought mm -hmm. and basically what it was that change is a constant feature in our lives mm -hmm. and that um, given its presence in our lives we all experience it right and the way i do it is um i look at it uh, in two ways i i see change how i analyzed it is there are two features to it so i've broken it down to foreseeable or predictable changes right. yeah. and and by consequence not foreseeable not predictable and also um, is it a wanted or a desired change as opposed to an unwanted one an imposed one or an unexpected one or an unexpected that obviously may have a great impact on our lives uh, you know it's profound and how they impact us right yeah. different, different changes how we view them you would, see, would you say there's a connection to how we're affected by them? Absolutely. And unexpected can be good. It can be something that we want, but we never we thought never it could be possible or wouldn't be involving us, for example. Yes, absolutely. Citing an example of an unwanted or unse um, unpredictable force in your mm -hmm. life um, that was life-changing was... Uh, Moving from Kuwait at the time of of the Kuwaiti, the Iraqi entry into Kuwait back in 1989, and and having to move to Jordan with my family. Um, now that could have been negative to a lot of people, mm -hmm. but for someone who's 
14, 15 years old and who's had a very uh, secure childhood and adolescence, I couldn't wait to get into bigger lands and new ventures and travel. So A lot uh, of change there, for sure. A lot. Uh, Jordan, even though being another Arab country, mm-hmm. um, um, it was just different culture. It was um, it was a lot. It, ha- it stored uh, thousands of years of history, and it, just the dynamics, the social dynamics of the people and how they interact, and their ideas on social structures uh, was quite different from the setup that we had in Kuwait, for example. How long uh, were you situated in Jordan? Well, after my family moved, that was my home base. Uh, so uh, that's that's th- that is the home base for your f- your core family. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I often travel back. Um, another uh, um, uh, example would be my my coming to Canada. Right. Uh, as a choice. Right. Yeah, that was a conscious, deliberate decision that mm-hmm. you made. Right. So that was a predictable. Change. Change. When did uh, you do that? Uh, well, I came in, uh, in, um, in on an exploratory trip in 2003. You did some research? What is this? <laughs> well, I had my permanent residence and I came in 2003. Right, okay. um, but I was engaged in a fascinating um, cons- uh, job. I was part of the... Um, intergovernmental organization known as International Organization for Migration. And at the time, I was actually employed in Iraq to help with various sectors, community development being one of them, post, uh, post-conflict reconstruction um, of, med- of schools, medical clinics. And, um, and partly, uh, we, the IOM also had uh, the mandate for dis- internally displaced persons. So um, that was really exciting, and it wasn't a time that I thought I could be pulled out of to go to Canada just yet. Uh, and then I decided after after three years to to come to Canada and um, and come to a different life. Right. You know? So your transition from Jordan at the time to Canada, mm-hmm. that's obviously a uh, profound change within you and your life. Uh, yes, but not in my mind. I thought uh, I thought my what? identity yeah was was constant and at the time i thought well i'll just carry all my characteristics and and just continue Is this act the same way you quote been acting or behaving in jordan uh it would be pretty any much. different anything that you would adjust <laughs> or modify not really not a lot and certainly not in the way that i've experienced it um in the last seven years of being in canada um I think by virtue of being uh, exposed to international uh, schooling, traveling, uh, friendships, mm-hmm. I thought that there would nothing. There needs, there isn't a need to actually change anything about me. <laughs> Naive, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're talking about identity tonight, mm-hmm. and I think when individuals do go from one kind of environment, one space, to another, that they may become more consciously aware 
of, quote, difference in terms of me relative to others who are part of that usual space. So how does identify, uh, you know, how do you identify with identity? What, what's that mean to you? Well, it's two-part, this question, I feel. Um, it's what identity is uh, usually referred to and, right. and what it means to me. Uh, is that all right? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's, there's no permission on this. <laughs> Just go with the flow. All right, Greg. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> so um, a lot of people refer to identity uh, in terms of words that I'm just going to throw out, like age, gender, nationality, ethnicity, uh, politics, and culture. Um, and to me, these read as just factors that may have uh, influenced, whether consciously or unconsciously, our uh, perceptions and identities and in, in, in constructing these realities about us and, and others. And how we see ourselves in relation to others. Exactly, exactly. So for better or worse, because they could be uh, positive or negative, right? And, um, and these, are, these are, they could be um, inner inner interpretations, but they also manifest uh, in an outwardly fashion. So, so for example, just to illustrate, mm -hmm. I'm a vegetarian, and my politics is that I don't wear, for example, uh, or buy products that uh, have real leather. So my shoes, my wallets, my accessories, which I'm big on, <laughs> don't, they reflect that kind of your value Asking, system with yeah, regard to yeah. that part of your life. Exactly, exactly. So the uh, other part is what I think identity is, is yeah. essentially perspective. Identity is perspective. In relation to what or about what? Your perspective? Yeah, it's, an, it's a personal perspective. Of how you fit in or not? Of how you see yourself. It's, it's an ever-changing perspective because I see it. And there's a great quote by Sennett um, who writes extensively on identity and, and on all of that. That it's a story. I'm paraphrasing. Um, <laughs> don't know verbatim. verbatim yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and what it is, it's, it's a story that unfolds. As life, ex as you go through life experiences, and I, I kind of like that because it appeals to my curiosity, which is connecting to stories and people and connecting to myself. I see myself as going through different stages, and because I'm evolving, I think my sense of identity and perceptions should also be equally continually evolving and not attached to a certain set that I was probably born into or or um, developed at a younger age, right? Um, so, so that's my two cents worth. Well, the, the thing that I'm thinking, like, with life and, mm. and change and identity, can we influence change within our lives? Well, if we're connected to them, if you are not less, you're not necessarily connected with. You just go through life, you know, not consciously aware, just as a routine. Mm -hmm. So things happen; they happen to you. Yes. So if you're connected with life and the events and the circumstances, you can actually influence act activities that ca can cause different course of action than if you weren't connected. 
So yes. you can influence change within your life. So when you decided to come to Canada, you took a certain approach, mindset, on how you would not assimilate, you would integrate. Exactly. And, you know, for the benefit of listeners, how about sharing the distinction so people can appreciate those? Because I think a lot of times people inadvertently say, okay, you came over and you assimilate. Though that's not necessarily a very healthy or productive way of engaging. Absolutely. And I... What I, my thinking on this is assimilating means that I would have a constant struggle within myself, both internally and, and externally, because I want, because I'm also tuned in into how others perceive me, right? So um, my thing is uh, assimilating means I have to shed some of very a programmed uh, set of characteristics that I identify myself with and having to adopt others or or have them superimpose on me as opposed to integrating where I can embrace the best of me for better or worse part of my identity right some things I cannot shed and they are part of my identity so why don't I try to understand that embrace it and look at it as enriching and marry both kind of thing yes yeah, it's, so, it's not one or the other no essentially I'm a hybrid <laughs> yeah a blend yeah you have to deal with another tick box as opposed to something that's defined you know like yeah you don't take on basically the 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 cultural identity of the majority, if you want to call it. Yeah, and now lose your whole sense of who you are. Yeah, but Greg, nowadays, what is typical? I know. So, what is the majority? Because In this globalized world, especially within a diverse community. Absolutely. We're talking about identity with Russia. It sounds like a good show. Identity <laughs> with Russia. <laughs> want your own show? Yeah, I think we should look into patents and copyrights right now. <laughs> We were talking about something else with regard oh, to that off air. <laughs> <laughs> Making reference to Greg's uh, My real voice. deep voice. <laughs> and as I was explaining to you, this is not it. This is just the rental. <laughs> it's actually more like Daffy Duck. Except I'm not going to do that on air. Because there could be an issue with copyright infringement. Uh, not unless you, ten- you are uh, proved to be the original voice behind Daffy Duck. I'll never let anybody know that. <laughs> We're talking about identity, so I don't identify as Daffy Duck, though. (laughs) It's about you tonight and your identity and how you understand yourself. So identity, from what I understand, too, it can be, it's a self-sense of who you see yourself, (sighs) though also identity can be how others see us. Uh, Yes. Right? How they perceive us. So is there one that really takes more ownership over the other? It's um, it's a question, Greg, that, that invites a lot of yes. uh, reflection and, and, and theorizing. and um, There's a lot of literature out there on that, but, of course, um, my take on it yeah. is, again, how I understand it is, I feel that when you're younger, you uh, it starts out with perceptions of others, and and that shapes how you see yourself because you're influenced by that and you internalize it. As a child, you don't question as much. You take it on as a truth. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and that's how I quote it as, tr- as truth. Um, and then as you grow older, it's an organic 
um, process because you start you start saying, okay, well, uh, how does my relationship vis-a-vis my parents, my sibling, um, my colleague, my friend, etc., affect this? And how they see us is very important. But you also have have things internally saying, well, maybe I don't fit the whole set of. Uh, identity as people see me. Uh, it's not congruent. I, I, I'd like to break away from that. There are masks and images, I think, that people wear, um, and only because to to make it easier to integrate into society, we are very much social animals, and we want to belong. Right. And uh, what is right, what is wrong, um, is, is learned at a very early age. And sometimes people give up sense of what they identify with personally to uh, sort of provide that they're filling an expectation of what others identify in them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we see examples of that at work. Like when you're a professional in the North American culture, you're expected to be, you know, uh, certain aspects like punctual behaviors right exactly when you're in a meeting you get straight down to business uh etc right and it's it's a whole different world when you're conducting business for example in latin america or in the middle east or even in far east asia where business is not talked about you have to share uh, food and beverage and talk about family first, establish this trust and social connection, and so to speak, break bread before you embark on uh, on a business uh, conversation. Or you know, getting down to business. Or getting we... down to business, as the as the phrase is coined. Yeah. Yeah, North Americans do tend to be a little more directive and to the point and cut to the chase type of thing using those idioms and of course wherever you go there's a different norm Mm. and our norm is not necessarily going to be the same expectation of norm for somewhere else and i think we need to totally be connected to that regardless of where we travel when you live in a diverse community Mm. you're going to engage with somebody who doesn't necessarily see life through the same lens Yes, and and I think uh, how people see things is shaped by their own life experiences and and what opportunities have have been provided through or they have identified, recognized, and capitalized on because there are opportunities and sometimes we don't capture that right and they are catalysts to shaping again our our the the authorship of our identity and our lives and our experiences yeah hence our perspectives so when you and i first met we connected and found an interest in having a conversation together it's more like a monologue on my side but yeah (laughs) you're very generous and diplomatic greg (laughs) i say a word here or there Come on, keep the conversation going. I, I help fuel it. Yeah, that gives me a chance to catch up on my breath. <laughs> yeah, you, that's right. Though I'm, you know, I, I see life through a listening kind of perspective. Yeah, that's yeah. my role. I'm a listener. It is. When we first learned about, uh, you know, our respective cultural identities, mm-hmm. what was the first thing that came to mind for you? It's an interesting question that you uh, that you throw at me. Um, I think it's because our relationship has been, our connection was introduced and set already in a, in a coach 
student way, and then we just uh, naturally found ourselves delving into conversations, mm-hmm. and we went back and forth. Um, and you're such a natural of pulling people into uh, pensive uh, <laughs> conversations um, that that has already been established, and I've never seen there was that connection and only through explorations of wanting to know more about ourselves as individuals did did we did it was it revealed that as a palestinian um um, muslim and yourself being a north american jew that didn't really throw me off i i have to say that like it was it was just um yeah, yeah. so and it but it's wonderful that I can have this opportunity and sit down with you. Where, where I come from in the Middle East, it's pretty much the countries are very homogenous mm-hmm. cultures. So, right. and and um, through my travels, I I love coming into contact with with such diversity, and sometimes with what is termed as the other. <laughs> those, those people. Those people. <laughs> well, you know, I've been those people too, I, brother. I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, and and this us and them divide, mm-hmm. I think, uh, really disconnects. I think it's it's um, the way, I, and that's what I'm saying. It's constant social uh, mediation, sensationalization of media and reporting. Um, that also influences us externally. And so when we have this amazing connection and conversation, you realize this is this is how it is. This is how it is. This is how it really is or could, and, you know, for others could be. Though when people put identity, expectations, uh, and they act only within that framework and, you know, it's external and it's not necessarily connecting with mm. the person as a person, these remain as barriers for people to get to know each other, to connect with each other. Absolutely. There's there's this dichotomy, and it robs people agency of, uh, of wanting to discover something outside of that. Um, yeah, so building bridges, that, that's yeah. you and I. Yeah, and no, you're not supposed to go there. You're not supposed to talk with those people <laughs> or have that kind of connection or relationship. That's not how we do things. That's not the expectations. Stay with, you know, away. Um, yes. Uh, the thing is, uh, it, it just brings into the fore all these programmed um do's and don'ts and you have to uh, strive to unlearn some of these because simply because you were not exposed to um to my identity the, the, yeah the, the difference exactly yeah. um being from a homogeneous culture and all of a sudden i have to deal with okay what do i do now <laughs> um and then i realized talking myself through it is there's a human being, there's a connection, feelings, thoughts, um, and the beauty, beauty of agreeing to disagree, right? Absolutely, and that's part of difference, too. It's as not, long as you think I'm right on everything that I say, Greg, we'll, we'll get along. <laughs> absolutely, whatever you feel. You know, whatever you feel is important for you to, to feel and understand. You see? Very cool. civil. <laughs> it's cool for you. 
Well, people fall into the trap of just doing as what others would expect them to do or what they're expected to to do for themselves and don't challenge or question or push for change. And that is... um this that's the tragedy of of being set in in our identities and that's why i say it's an ever changing perspective because what do you do with these new realizations do you just feel stuck and 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 not evolve it not not try to want to um engage or learn more about exactly. or you know the wonderment of change exactly it's the fear of change that prevents us from going there it's hope that people the curiosity and the wonderment for the getting to through that and the other side and say wow that makes a difference but then again you have to look into what um how these different the divide started who started the divide in the sense that Mm -hmm. it was a human being and human beings by nature tend to be divisive you know and protective they feel very defensive and And fear is a big drive it influences uh our shapes our our history our people our 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 identities uh wars for example is if you delve into the history of wars it's fascinating how it shaped our um our development, our geography. Course of history. In the course of history. Right? I mean, when I work with individuals experiencing, quote, conflict, I don't look at it as, quote, conflict in a traditional sense. It's mm. dealing with change. And the whole barrier for people to get through change is to address the fear of change. People's fear are, is the greatest obstacle for them to engage with. Their conflicts, they avoid, they want to stay away. They don't want to go there. So what happens? Of course, the conflict may escalate or deteriorate more, affects the relationship, affects mm. the situation, whether it's on a interpersonal level or on a global level. And it's, it's a shame because it can also be an opportunity to break through. Um, fear could be a great... Um, liberator once you work through it um i threw myself uh to this invitation that you've extended me and i was was fearful of coming on live and uh, expressing my views uh in a normal setting that wouldn't throw me off but speaking to yeah into a to a microphone uh knowing that uh, other people are listening and weighing in on what i'm saying and questioning and, and questioning and thoughts and you know criticisms of some sort that, yeah. of course you know to deal with change and more specific the mm. fear of change people have to put themselves in a vulnerable state they have to be at risk of not knowing what the next moment will be mm. it's not predictable that's why it's so fearful for people. Like when you had this idea coming on you, though you expected possibly maybe, you know, gosh, this could be overwhelming and stressful and may not work out. So you mm. look at it necessarily from a negative point of view. Though if you take it one moment at a time and you feel supported through that fear, it's less, less of an obstacle, would you say? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you feeling now? <laughs> I'm Relative feeling great. Relative to the beginning great. of the show. 
Well, I'm I'm blessed uh, by my mum's um, practicality and my father's pragmatism, um, and uh, and so I said to myself, "What's the worst that can happen, Russia? And can you live through that?" And the answer was as an astounding yes. I can recover. So I said, "Go ahead and have fun." Absolutely. When you uh, migrated here from overseas, from yeah. somewhere else, mm-hmm. and you settled here. You had a certain expectation. You took a certain approach, certain attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, you were going to retain a real core of what you valued, what you identified with as part of your identity, mm-hmm. and what was important to you to feel assured and confident within this new space. Have you found any of that's changed since you've been here a few years now? I think I had a set view of what my values looked like so i have a strong sense of family and family being um, blessed with a big family uh we don't uh, we being the arabs we don't really regard as family as just limiting ourselves to immediate uh parents and siblings it embraces aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and third cousins removed and and um and coming into Canada, um, that that value changed. It, and I didn't understand that there was a struggle because it looked like in the form of my family. But actually, um, and bef- that was before I met my husband, who is now my family, and, and by virtue of his, my in-laws as well, who are really great to me, um, and adopted me into their fold. Um, but what it is, is my family became friends. It didn't... Uh, the, the thing I'm alluding to is we can name values, and then we have set ways of how they look like. And that limits us because it gave me a very tough time into transitioning and integrating because I just wanted and superimpose my life back in the Middle East and and have it right here in Canada when, when that's not possible, right? Not to the same extent, I would think. No, but then what I'm saying is once you allow yourself to deconstruct, so to speak, about these fixed thoughts on how it should be, you invite new ways. So friends whom I've not thought of as family became my family and and, and their roles expanded. They they're how they are in my life and how I interact with them has grown. Their involvement with you is, you know, it's taken on a different kind of definition. Exactly. You, you know, you've become closer with them. Is that yes. right? Yes. They're yes. not, quote, on the exterior. They're part of your core. Yes, yes. Um, I have a very private side, which I only reserve for family. And, um, and now that that kind of private um, persona uh-huh. has uh, jumped into an external one as well. So going back to images and, and, and wearing masks, that has forced me to change and, uh, and wear a different hat, right? And you, you wear different hats in different settings? <laughs> Literally and figuratively? Yeah, I think, I think you play off 
the um, on the environment that you find yourself in or you choose to put yourself in. Um, you play off the energy of the people whom you surround yourself with, right? There are just connections that are easy, such as yours and mine and there are connections where it's labor of love you have to you have to strive to um to work at it and 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 have it grow right are you looking more to influence others or to have uh others influence you what do you take like to take the the sense of leadership by influencing change or waiting for change to happen Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> yes. that's, uh, well, Greg, I, I find myself as an agent of change. Yes. And don't beat around the bush here. <laughs> well, I, I like to be at the forefront. You like to agitate for change. <laughs> I like that. I like pushing boundaries. I like drawing up questions. But the way I do them is not an in-your-face kind of thing. And I think that's, again, drawing from the set of um, identity that I've been able to uh, to cultivate uh, being born into a... Uh, uh, you know, I'm a female, so I'm softer kind of thing. And and uh, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? I'm just, just wondering. <laughs> uh, just the way I... Um, These are your I, own senses of identity. I, yeah. This is not me telling you that that's who you are. Well, yes, but working with with how others see me and, and how I've... I've also accepted as part of my identity, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, the quick answer to that is, <laughs> well, yeah. no, there is no quick answer. It's a yes and no. I, I want to be, I want to be part of the process, but I don't want to take the responsibility of influencing others. What I am is is opening the the forum for people to think and and maybe question things and put it out there and see if it's working for you. Hey, all the best to yeah. you. If not, let's have. Let's have another conversation. Right. So the whole concept of openness and, you know, about change and, you know, it depends on the situation, of course. It's not always where you try to push the buttons. You you measure, you're sensitive, and you connect and see how best the situation could be, you know, worked. And then some situations require a little more assertiveness. Others, Absolutely. you take a different type of approach, right? And you know, Greg, we take our cue from nature. Um, so if you look, um, uh, sometimes it takes an earthquake to, to uh, shake things up, literally, and destroy things so that we can make new structures and think about, okay, what's, how, how can we rebuild this more efficiently? And, to, and sometimes... It's more gentle, right? You don't need an earthquake to wake you up. You just say, okay, I think this has not been working for me. Maybe I should look into something else. Absolutely. What would you uh, hope the listeners can learn from the discussion tonight on identity? (laughs) Um, What would you like them to, you know, connect with? Well, speaking from what I feel, that identity is not static, it's fluid, and that they have some leeway in terms of authorship. Um, we, we don't have all the freedom 
to do it, but I think there's there's a certain a reflection and awareness that we can bring into it. Um, and I'm all for advocating other variations of identity than the ones that are here. When, when More you say inspiring. That, what do you mean by that? What do you... Well, I don't think we should limit ourselves. Again, going back to the the thing about being a hybrid, I'm certainly not the only one, and there's a whole... Uh, we're all bl- blends of, you know, if we allow ourselves or we're open to it. Exactly, exactly. We, and, 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 and what I mean to say is that you are no less... Uh, legitimate or there's no less validation to yourself if you break away from oh, his identity. You've sacrificed, so you're no longer one of us. Yeah, and there's a feeling of guilt or betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. That can be. That it, could it be a form of denial that I'm, I'm, um, you know, these things were set in motion when I was younger, and I've adopted them, and 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 it is part of our my my identity, whether I. Whether I think they are they are valid or not, but having grown up with them, um, they're still a part of me, right? If you so choose. Yeah, yeah. You know, regardless of what others may say or think. Yeah. I think the the real choice ownership rests with the individual. Yeah, and I can give you an example citing. Okay, so uh, coming into North America, I uh, again, post uh, September 11th, I was thrown in very exciting discussions um, and some intense and very frequent about being um, a Muslim female, contemporary Arab female, post 11 meant that I suddenly had this expectation by people to represent all. Uh, Muslim females and that was just a big responsibility because I know not all um, Muslim females will want to identify with the same me way, yeah. or for them to speak on their behalf and I'm also I'm only I only come from one part Islam uh, and is embraced in so many different places right you're a, you're an individual first exactly you're who you are of course um, and then all the other stuff is important though that calls for another conversation another absolutely day. thanks very much for coming on tonight Rush I appreciate it have a good night and see you next week good night Mom and Daisy.